Hey everybody and welcome to Two Old Bloggers, your pregame show for the Minnesota Vikings. Today we're talking about the Vikings traveling to Detroit to play the Motor City Kitties in what should be a game. It should have been more of a game until we learned about half the teams out. So join us. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, your 2021 pregame show for the Vikings. Hey everybody, it's Dave here, and Aaron, my friend from the Great White North. Both of us blogged for almost two decades before we decided to do this video show. How are you doing, Darren? Not as good as last Saturday, Dave, because the Vikings lost. And uh, but uh, hey, overall, not complaining. We're we're on to Detroit. So on to Detroit, and we on know Detroit. how we feel on about Detroit. Detroit too. And we'll get yes, into we that. like Detroit. We like Detroit. Usually we beat them. So yes, usually we do. Um, hey Mary, hey Stephen, how are you guys doing? Stephen, I think we missed you last week. We were talking about it. Hope you weren't stuck in a COVID camp somewhere. Um, <laughs> let's get on with the show. All right. As I said before, we are scheduled to fly into Detroit. I'm sure we're already there. And play the Motor City Kitties at Ford Field tomorrow at noon. I'm sure it's going to be a nationwide broadcast, not. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be streaming it because the only people that will be watching it are the upper Midwest, the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings territory, and Detroit area. But it is a game, and it does mean something. It means we, a lot to the Vikings, we, anyway. Yes. We have a chance to get back to 500, to stay in the hunt for that. Final wild card spot. And, uh, but there's a lot of obstacles that seem to be stumbling in the way. We'll get into some of those. But first, as always, let's start out with looking at the normal stats since we start to show out with the stats. Here we go. We have Vikings offense versus Detroit defense. What would you like to point out here? What stands out to you, Darren? The biggest things that stand out to hey, David is that uh, Wayne, we, we missed you last week too, buddy. Uh, and uh, you're always positive comments about Zimmer's coaching acumen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, with the uh, these the Vikings offense Lions defense stats, I think the <laughs> the takeaway here is that the Lions are bad at everything on defense and uh so there's multiple uh opportunities to um attack them uh what's a bit uh, what's uh encouraging for the vikings is that their offense is that they're starting to perform the way i think david you and i envisioned them performing at the beginning of the year which they did not do and they're starting to come into that top 10 offense a little bit more explosive. You can see mm -hmm. the uh, PFS got them at 11. Yeah, which uh, is a ran... slight drop from last week. 
slight drop, but still there. Uh, Football Outsiders had them going up last week, and Elias has got them, you know, they've got the counting stats there. I think that, uh, you know, that's the thing that stands out to me, and the Vikings offense is trending, I think, even though there were certainly some missteps last week, particularly on the turnovers. I think the Vikings offense has been trending in the right direction the past three, four, three games. I would give, except uh, for the second half of last week. But if you look on the Elias stats, we're now up to number 10 on points. And points are the biggie, especially with these close games. It means we are scoring a lot. And uh, the Vikings still have this game and five more beyond this where they could get, uh, uh, they could potentially, you know, get into a top five uh, Mm -hmm. ranking in offense. And I think that we'd all be, be happy with that. The problem and that would bode well see, rolling into the playoffs. It would. Uh, the problem we're going to see is the next slide. <laughs> Defense versus offense. Here we go. As you can see, the Lions aren't good on that either. <laughs> no. That's that's why they don't have any wins this year. But uh, the for the, on the Vikings end of thing, the, what, what the bad point is that the, the Vikings uh, defense is sinking like a 50-pound stone into the Atlantic Ocean right now. And I think they've gone four straight games now, giving up over 30 points a game. Last week, there are some uh, circumstances that set them up for, uh, did not set them up for success, i.e. The, the, the Vikings offense turning the ball over inside our 20 two times in the second half, which led to 10 points. But... Um, the, you know, the, the, the run defense ain't getting any better. Um, we're giving up more points. May this every, week? You know, yeah, uh, that is maybe or the one. May not. May, may not. We've, we've got some pluses and minuses we'll on player addition. Player additions uh-huh. there. But I think that's uh, the, the Vikings pass rush. A little bit lower on the sacks uh, lately. And I think we may, you know, that makes sense when you consider Griffin is, did not play last week. Hunter hasn't been playing for several weeks. But um, there was a stat I heard, uh, actually, uh, Drew Bunting and Ted Glover brought it up on Vikings Report. Hey, guys, hope you're doing well. Uh, and that uh, last Ted. week that the... Yes. Ted's, <laughs> Ted's getting over yes. uh, a couple of heartaches. Yeah. One, Drew's Michigan Wolverines beating, it, beating his Ohio State Buckeyes. And two, he uh, fully vaccinated, got covid and he is uh, recovering from that. He got monoclonal antibody treatment a couple days ago, and he is doing much better today, which is outstanding news for our good buddy. Outstanding. Yes, get well, get well soon, Ted. Um, but uh, that on that show, it was mentioned. I think that the the Vikings had uh, the pressure rate on Garoppolo, and that game was uh, the highest that he's faced Garoppolo has faced the whole season. Uh, and uh, that, so the Vikings front seven defensive line did get pressure on the, the 49ers. They only got home two times with sacks. But again, as you mentioned last week, um, you, you want the pressures, the sacks are nice to have, but you can force the quarterback to get rid of the ball quicker than he wants to, or force him to throw under duress. That's that's so those are big keys. Mm-hmm. And that, that shows that, the, that perhaps the, the Vikings defense that the pass Rush is still strong, even if the sack numbers have gone down a little the past three or four games. Yeah, but you can see we're number one in sacks still in the league. We are, but, but we, 
but we've uh, I think the three straight games now we've had two sacks, two sacks, uh, which always helps. Which is uh, we'd like to have four. Can you hear me, Mike? I want four. Andre, give me <laughs> four. I'll take five. I'm not greedy. We like no, those that's guys. right. Or eight, or eight, like a few years ago. Or... Yeah, that would be something. Um, there's your defense versus offense, and again. Lions offense is nothing to write home about. And that may be a good thing on the run in the pass. Yeah, that may be a good thing when we get to tomorrow. Now, when we get to special teams, they're relatively closely even matched. Um, Their um, kickoff guy slash kicker is not the greatest. They've gone through, I think, three of them this year, at least two, but they aren't doing bad overall as a special teams unit that also includes, you know, kickoffs, punts, kick returns, punt returns, and field goals. They have actually dropped down a bit. Uh, Hopefully the game will not come to either one of these teams because we're tired of Joseph missing that once the blue moon kick. That comes back to bite us, and uh, I wouldn't mind if that happened to Detroit, but I hate it when it happens to your Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, when you have uh, so many close games like the Vikings have been playing, uh, one missed extra point can be very costly. It mm-hmm. can be the difference between winning or losing. Uh, it can be the difference between you. Uh, it can force to force you to go into overtime. Last week we saw it force the Vikings to chase uh, the some points and make some decisions that maybe they wouldn't have made if uh, he hadn't have missed that extra point. And um, so, yeah, uh, Craig Joseph, you've missed three extra points now this season. So please let's put an oh, end to that quota. stuff. You're done. Yeah, that's that's your quota. Okay, now we get into the slide. Oop, not that one. Ooh, <laughs> the one I didn't load. The most important Uh-oh. one. Here it comes. Here it comes. We can fix that. Boom. Our injury report. And I've sort of blown it up because it's big. But here we are. Late word today. We get from the Vikings that Eric Kendricks went from questionable to out. Right now we have Anthony Barr as questionable and might not make it. And the one addition to today's injury report is Kenny Nwongu, who we're going to talk about more. He's listed as an illness. Thankfully, it's not COVID or you've been stuck on the COVID list. It's just, hopefully, just a mild cold or something. But we'll find out. But when you look at that, you've got Bynum out on the defense. You've got Cook out on the offense. Darisaw is out on the offense. I thought that was a little ankle. Uh, I remember Zim saying, and I even heard that he was, he. I didn't hear it. He came back in late last game. So I was just thinking there was a lower ankle sprain and they tape him up and he'd be good to go but he's out Kendrick didn't practice out. all week uh-huh mac alexander is questionable and uh, anthony barr is questionable if barr is out tomorrow that's going to be rough because without barr and kendrick's in there 
um, that linebacking core gets real thin. And I think we'll see more dime packages like we did before, but Bynum's out, and that makes that difficult as well. Yes, it Stevens does. Stevens right. Bar needs to go. And uh, for, He will be gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> for the opposing team, you have Trey Flowers out, which we knew, Bobby Price, uh, Jalen Reeves-Mabin, DeAndre Swift, their premier running back, uh, Brockers, Nelson, and Panay Sewell are all questionable, and we'll find out tomorrow, right before kickoff, about an hour or two before. But that's the big news. Now, is, yes. you wanted to go on and talk about, when we look at these Lions, who are we supposed to fear? No one. <laughs> would, it, would it be? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like this is a, they are o ten and, and one. There's a reason for that. Uh, but again, like uh, when you go into a game against the Lions this year, uh, again, yeah, who do you fear? Jared Goff. Hey, G back. Uh, yeah, is it Jared Goff? Is it linebacker Charles Harris? Is it T.J. Hawkinson? Is it DeAndre Swift? Well. Not gonna, you can't fear him this week because he's not playing. There's just not any star power on this team. Uh, and as we saw on offense, and maybe, maybe that's uh, one of the reasons that they don't do anything well and they're pretty bad at just about everything other than the special teams. But really, it's a, it's a no-name team right now and uh, led by a quarterback who's not very good uh, uh, playing behind an off um, – who doesn't have really any offensive weapons other than Hawkinson to throw to, and his best running back is not going to be playing in this game. Uh, it really, and defensively, you know, they don't sack the quarterback a lot. Well, uh, you asked about for me to bring up this dude, Amari yes. Okorowari. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to even try, but uh, he's got five interceptions this year, which is four more than than uh, uh, four more than the Vikings cornerbacks in total have. Uh, So you would think that, uh, hey, here's a ball hawk, but was reading up a little bit about him because I don't know much about him. Uh, Mm -hmm. I haven't watched a whole lot of Lions games this year. Actually, the only one I really watched was when they played the Vikes. And uh, four of those five interceptions were kind of uh, lucky. He's got a nickname. On, the Lions give him a nickname, and they call him Lucky Charms <laughs> because uh, the ball just seems to be finding him this year. Um, what, uh, but um, I, in reading up on him, I did uh, find out that even though he's got the five interceptions and it's been kind of good fortune that he's got those, he does um, – at least pro football focus has rated him quite highly in coverage all year. Um, the passers are getting uh, a 69.8 passer rating when throwing in his direction, which is 10th tied for 10th in the NFL, according to their rankings. So uh, that's a indication that uh, Amani is a pretty good corner and an unknown corner at this point and uh, maybe the you know that that is one guy that the, the Vikings will have to account for when they're on offense but i think for for Detroit really um, the key to this game for them uh, who do they who do you fear 
it'll probably be, uh, I don't know if you'd fear him, but Jamal Williams is going to be the feature guy. He's going to be the key guy for the Lions with DeAndre Swift out. Hey, David. Um, he's not... A, He's not a great running back. Uh, he's never rushed for more than 556 yards in a season. And uh, his longest run ever is 54 yards, which was in his rookie season. Um, his longest run this year is 20 yards. He's averaging 4.2 yards per carry. So he's, you know, he's kind of a run-of-the-mill guy, not, not very explosive, uh, but a tough runner, but he's not going to, you know, he's not going to scare you with the big play threat. Uh, his the game against the Vikings that he the, the Vikings Detroit game that was one of his better games he had 13 carries for 57 yards but uh, I suspect that the really the Lions game plan in this one with Dan Campbell now taking over uh, play calling duties uh, he's favoring the run more now in that role and I think if you if you're the Lions and you look at the the, the Vikings piss poor run defense it's per, and you don't have you've got uh, guys like Trinity Benson and Khalif Raymond and Amon Ra St. Brown to throw to, you're probably thinking your game plan is hand the ball to Williams a fair bit, uh, minimize the amount of throws that Goff has to make, uh, try to really wear on that Vikings run defense that's been gave up over 200 yards again last week against the 49ers, uh, chew up the clock, and uh, keep the game close. Depend on the Vikings to make those two or three bonehead mistakes they have a habit of making and win this one late in the fourth. Yeah, do it that way. Now, for the run defense, the meaty boys are back. Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson are both back for this game. And uh, and with Armand Watts backing them up and Lynch, I, I love that rotation. I love what that's uh, developed into. The only worry there is... The meaty boys, those guys in the middle, generally take up blockers and allow the linebackers to do their thing. And now we're short on linebackers. So hopefully everybody steps up. Not only will they take on the two blockers, they'll stick that arm out there a little further, grab the jersey, and pull the Williams down in the process. It's, it's going to be interesting. That is for sure. I think, yeah, the... It's the the only thing that you could you could say to as a counterpoint to that is it's nice it's good to get Michael Pierce back he's supposed to be a key part of the the defense mm-hmm. and the run defense occupying blockers but the Vikings run defense really wasn't all that good when he was in there the yeah. first four games and it wasn't as good as we back, yes no and with him being back uh, that's going to take away some snaps from Armin Watts who's actually been playing pretty well pretty particularly well. I, I think i think he's uh i, I he's was uh, before last week's game he was 14th in pass rush win rate amongst all defensive tackles Which in is, the national um, football is game. a great number now pierce but, has <laughs> developed into a pass rusher this year too so it's yeah uh, he got yeah it's I I think we get that pressure up the middle um, this week, and even on the edges with Wanham and um, who's over on the other side. Um, well, last week it was Wanham, and then they had Sheldon Richardson playing on right. on the end. Yes, and Richardson and Will and Willikes has back. been. He'll be he, back. Yep, yeah, he's back too. Now. Um, 
the COVID list, which I didn't cover. Right now, Patrick Peterson's on the COVID list. He very well, according to Mike Zimmer today, looks to come off tomorrow and will be ready. Um, and if there's anybody with, you know, that veteran status that could come in with a week off of, you know, just watching the video, I think that's him. You know, he's like Harris, Harrison. He's been in long enough. He can do that. Um, and the week off break is probably good for him. The one person that got on the COVID list is not a player, but the DB's coach for the Vikings. I don't remember his name, but he's now on it, which makes you wonder how many of the defensive backs are going to pop here in the next week or so. And we have a short week coming up when we play. We do. We play um, Steelers. Pittsburgh. And we'll, mm-hmm. and we'll be wearing prime time purple for that one. Which I happen to oh, now. I'm curious oh, what off topic. I'm curious what uh, jerseys we're wearing or what combo we're wearing tomorrow. We found out today the Lions are pl- are wearing their basic color rush ones. It's the all silver, silver pants, silver top. So I'm betting we'll go white top, purple bottom, versus white on white. Or purple on purple. I think they might but do. But I think they could go purple on purple if they wanted to. Yeah, well, uh, the they might want to not go white on white because they, they were white on white last week and lost. And I think they were white on white white on white against Baltimore and lost. So they might want to go with the white on purple uh, because they that's where they were. That's what they wore when they played the Chargers. And that was the last road game that they won. They won. If you're if you're the superstitious type, you, if you're the superstitious type, yes, you might want to go with that. All right, now you want to know what will Dan Campbell do? What what's his approach to this game? We got into it a bit. Uh, I think we went over the the offensive part of things. Uh, I think the interesting thing about Dan Dan Campbell is that. Uh, um, I don't know if it's interesting, but he's he's the old kind of smash mouth, bite tough their football guy. Yeah, yeah, bite their kneecaps. You know that that famous saying. But he's an old tight end and uh, and uh, offensive line coach. You know, previously, he likes to run the ball. I'm sure that the he's it's he's well aware that the Vikings have had some struggles stopping the run this year. I think he's really going to want to exploit that because. Uh, partly because, uh, A, the Vikings' run defense isn't very good. Uh, maybe they'll get a little better with some additions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's, he's really going to want to pound the ball, I think, when he now that he knows that Eric Kendricks is out. Yes. Anthony Barr might be out. Uh, you, 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 when you went back to those injuries, uh, it's not great news when the Vikings' best offensive player or more, you know, best or second best offensive player, depending on where you see Anthony, mm-hmm. uh, see Dalvin Cook these days. If your best offensive player and pro- possibly your best defensive player are not playing in the game tomorrow. <laughs> but at least with Dalvin Cook, we have, um, you know, a capable replacement that we've seen in there in Alexander Madison, and, and he's been able to, to do pretty decent. But that is not the case with the understudy to Eric Kendricks which is mm-hmm. Troy Dye. Uh, last, 
Now, if you had Burr, if Burr's able to play, then it's probably Vigil in the middle, Burr and Blake Lynch. But if Burr can't go, then it's going to be Vigil and uh, Vigil playing mm-hmm. um, strong. You know, he'll be playing probably strong side. Blake Lynch will be weak side, and they'll probably have Troy die in the middle. And we saw last year die really struggled, missed a lot of tackles. Uh, when we saw him in preseason this year, he had that big pick six, looked a little bit better, was making more plays, but he hasn't played this year at all, uh, uh, like other than special teams. So he's a big, huge question mark if he has to play in the middle. Uh, we also know that he's a rangy guy, but he's probably only about 220 pounds. Yeah, he's one of those small linebackers. Um, Mike Zimmer talked this week that if Kendricks and Barr are out, Die will get the green dot. And... Uh, it is what it is. And when we talk run defense, we talk the big guys up front because we think that's part of it. We talk about the defensive ends, setting contain, setting the edge. That's part of it. But also part of any run defense is your linebackers because the linemen can't fill all the gaps. The linebackers are there to eat up people and close some of the gaps and open gaps for the linebackers to come in and stop the runner because the runner is going to be looking for that open gap. You hope your linebacker is the one that steps in and fills it. And without the linebackers, good run D linebackers, right? And we're talking 10 years ago, those are the guys that weighed 250, 260, right? That's, it, it makes it easier to run. And so that, you're very well correct that Dan Campbell is probably going to attack the Vikings that way. And he'll be okay with that. They've played a lot of low, they played three straight games, very low scoring, close to the vest type games. And uh, this might be one of those games where um, Mike Zimmer, again, if, even if Barr is in the game, I think you'll probably see uh, Harry Hitman at the line of scrimmage yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's been up there quite a bit anyway the past two games since he came back from the COVID and been playing pretty damn well. I might add probably his his two best games of the year have been the last two, uh, which shows that uh, uh, that Cameron Bynum play must have uh, uh, gave him a little extra motivation. <laughs> well, especially good since Bynum's out this week. Um, yes. Now let's move on to our offense. We know Dalvin Cook is out. Uh, Mike Zimmer talked about it day to day. Yeah, we all laughed. Yeah, um, yeah, it, he's going to be out. It was very days. funny. Yeah, yeah. Now, according to Zimmer, he's feeling good, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel good, Zimmer, Coach. Until I move my arm, then it hurts. <laughs> yes, yeah. As long as I don't have to play football, I feel great. <laughs> but we have starter next man up is Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison has done well against Detroit. He seems to own him well over 100 yards. Uh, He's going to need that tomorrow, especially considering the guy we all wanted to see and still hope he gets there. Hope they fill him full of vitamin C, zinc, whatever. Um, Pump him full of electrolytes and fluid. Uh, His, what was going to be his understudy, Kene Nwangu might not be there. 
And we all wanted to watch Nwangu play. I did, very much so. I want to see this kid get out in open space and just tear it up. But first, we have get your lather up and he'll run for 100 yards. Do you think Alexander Madison's going to do, go for 100 yards tomorrow? He might Just. have to. Um, I'm not talking I'm thinking, to have to. Uh, Will he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go uh, on the under on that one. I think that he's he's going to be, uh, uh, if particularly if Wangu cannot go, then it's going to be, Madison's going to be taking over the Dalvin Cook role and getting like 90% of the touches or more. At at, uh, at running back, I think that he'll run for around ninety ninety five, uh, but he'll be uh, he'll also catch five or six balls out of the backfield for another forty and fifty yards. So I don't think he's going to go for a hundred. But it's not going to be because he doesn't doesn't run well. It's going to be because he's going to have about eighteen. 17, 18, 19 carries. I'm thinking because the Vikings are going to be torching, hopefully torching the Lions through the air uh, with Jefferson. With Thielen, I think that they've got to stop. Uh, it's hard, but I think that they, they, you know, it would be a good idea for them to not ignore KJ Osborne, uh, who's gone back to the past three games. I think he's uh-huh. had one catch in each game. And uh, Tyler Conklin's been solid all year. But that, that's a real matchup that when you consider how uh, bad the, the, the Lions look in pass defense, you'd want to throw the ball. Um, maybe one of the one of the issues with doing that this week will be when you're again talking about injuries is that Christian Jarrasaw is not playing and Rashad Hill will be playing. And Hill was one of the worst rated left tackles in football when he was before he lost his job to Jarrasaw. But uh, in the Lions game, I button Hill playing left tackle. Hmm. So, and we still pulled out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 19 points and, uh, well, for whatever reason, it's it's been one of those offensive game plans that no Vikings fan understood. But uh, just Justin Jefferson, I caught you know three balls, nobody within five yards of him in the first half, and I think in the first quarter in a bit, and mm-hmm. then he didn't get another ball. Yeah, through and until, then Kirk like, Cousins the went into his shell and didn't throw. Uh, so that but I know that Wayne's been, talked uh, about you know. Uh, Kirk and mm-hmm. Zim will shit their pants and will lose. Um, I don't think so because there's one stat I've been quoting all week that Kirk has when it comes to playing Detroit. In Detroit. He has played the Lions in Detroit seven times. And he has demolished them every single time. He is from Michigan. He wants to show off to his family. And he plays, whether it was with the Redskins or with us, he plays better in Detroit. I think that will carry over to tomorrow. Wayne, yes, Hill's there. Udo's back. Yes, it's not that bad. Udo had a bad game. Udo shows signs on a lot of good things, and then there's other signs he doesn't. He's better than Drew Samia was. Uh, Hill is better. Just saying nothing. Yeah. Uh, Hill is better than nothing. He's serviceable. Uh, He's better off the bench than he is starting, but he is serviceable. 
Yes, we wish we had Derisaw back there because Derisaw looks good. Um, but I think we will be all right on the offensive line. I don't think you'll see that offensive line fixed, quote, fixed until the offseason. So I think we have to live with it. Do not expect. I know everybody's clamoring for Wyatt Davis. Do not expect to see him. From what I gather, he's overweight, he's out of shape, and for a professional football player, especially one coming out of college, you should not be that way. And if he's that and he's not getting the playbook, he's not going to he's not going to get on the team. He was um not even activated last week. So, there's obviously something wrong there. So, I don't I don't see any other replacement. Unless they want to put in Bradbury, try him at guard, which I think would probably be a mistake. Yeah, let's not continue to juggle these yeah. guys um, and play them where they never played before. Um, disappointing to see. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But disappointing. Disappointing to see Wang Chung uh, listed as questionable this morning. Really, uh, when you look at Madison and a, and a Wang Chung, a Wang, Wang Gu uh, running back duo, uh, I kind of had it envisioned where uh, Madison, if the Vikings running game is doing well enough that they can uh, run the ball 23 to 25 times a game, that you'd see Madison get 17, 16, mm-hmm. 17, 18 of those carries, and Wang Gu would get the eight or nine. Um, and whereas my Madison gives you like the, the dependable, no frills production, right. uh, the steady production, Wangu would give you the, the home run threat that you've lost with cook being out of the game. If Wangu is not in the game, then that's, uh, not only is it disappointing, but, but, uh, you know, it changes, I think, uh, even more so how the Vikings are going to Play. Um, run their yeah. offense. Yeah. Offense. And, and, and then there's, and this isn't part of the running thing, but then there's the the kickoff mm-hmm. uh, return, Kick return. Yeah. ability of, that we lose um, with with him if he cannot play. I think I don't know how many. I was going to look it up and I forgot, but I don't know how many kickoff returns there have been in the NFL this year. I know Jamal Agnew had one, it's and I can't remember. It. And no. if he gets three in the season, that's like that's like a fantastic season. He's got two. Well, yes. He's got two and like eight returns. Mm-hmm. And last week, he not only did he have that one return, but there was a return before that, which was went for 30 or 40 yards. Yeah. Uh, so wh- wh- with him in the game, what the, the teams are going to do is, A, they're going to try to avoid kicking to him. And, uh, yeah, the best which way could is result get through the end zone at that point. Yeah, if they can't do that, they might look at just trying to kick away from and doing pooch punts or pooch kicks, which gives the Vikings. Either way, the Vikings are going to be getting a, you know, they're going to be getting a field position advantage on kickoff returns because teams are going to be avoiding kicking to Wang Chung. Not if he's not there tomorrow, that's that's a big loss, I think, for the Vikings. Well, I know I heard on one of my Stat Geek um, podcasts I was listening to that a lot of teams are starting to go to the kick to the one yard line because most kickoff return teams aren't good. The exception is this guy. Uh, Wang Chung can absolutely fly. He's fluid. He can spot the holes. He's got 
what it takes to be an absolute great kick returner. And like he said, coming out of college and in college, he wanted to focus on being the best kick returner there is. There's been some good ones over time. If he can get up there in that crowd, it's going to be special. But I would like to see that explosiveness, that fluidity, that speed, that being able to see the hole incorporated on the offense. I don't care how they do it. Um, even if it sacrificed some of the pass blocking, I'd like to see him there be able to squirt you know, through a hole that's this big and go 20 yards, 25 yards or more. And that we we won't see that with Madison. Madison sees a hole this big, and he sees a target he wants to hit. And literally by hit, he wants to bend his shoulder down and try to take the guys out. That will not happen. He doesn't have that wiggle and shimmy and go. Um, he does like jumping over guys, though. Yeah, he does like the hurdle. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was very, very interested to see Wangu, uh, like see if the Vikings could dial up some plays to get him out in space, whether it be wheel routes, what have you. Uh, we'll just have to see if he can he can answer the bell tomorrow. Hopefully, he can, because uh, if if he can't answer the bell, and you and say somehow Madison gets hurt, then you're looking at uh, a guy we just call up Axel Rose. Yeah, yeah. So then your CJ Ham is going to be your, your <laughs> main running back. <laughs> All right, let's switch topics. Let's go to the last one. Our boy, Mike Zimmer, who assembles a defense, right? He's good at defense. He can scheme with the best of them. He comes up with some absolutely brilliant games. Um, say, or. New Orleans in the playoffs, right? He, he can confuse the best of them. He's good at it. But last year, he dealt with a very limited cupboard of players, very inexperienced, and it wasn't so good. This year, however, he filled it full of high-price free agents. And where, have, where has it gotten us? Let's remember the Vikings D... Ranks 15th overall, PFF. Football Outsider, 17th. And then when and we drop it quickly. And then look at those numbers in the uh, 20s and 30s on Elias. And yes, they're dropping quickly because people have been out. And that's half the problem. Pierce, who's there in the middle, is uh, coming back this week. But he's been in and out this season. You have... Patrick Peterson, who's on COVID. You've got Breland, who's out and uh, has been hurt. He's hurt like Xavier Rhodes. You have uh, Richardson, who is supposed to be the bang-up three-tech, who's now playing defensive end. Anthony Barr, who's been in and out and has uh, degenerative knee issues, arthritic issues. And even Daniil Hunter, right, signed and is out with a torn peck and is going to cost a boatload of money next year. Zimmer has obviously tried to do the best he can 
I would assume. But the defense, but it's hard to justify when you got all that high dollars there, and you know you got high dollar in one spot on the offense, that maybe if you didn't have all that, you could get, you know, spread the money around a little bit differently. I don't know. What was your point besides the defense isn't as good as we wanted? It hasn't been, and you've gone over part of the reason over the why it hasn't, and injuries are part of that, but there's been lots of teams uh, that in the NFL this year that have dealt with injuries and defensive injuries and some significant ones. I mean, look at the Bears. They lost Khalil Mack and Danny Trevathan in the span of a week. Um, that you know, who's who's more uh, valuable to the Bears' defense than than Khalil Mack? Like, uh, so we're we're not the only team that's had to deal with injuries, and I just don't know. Um, it's it's weird. We got you've had all these signings. You got Tomlinson. The defense has looked just has looked out of whack all season. Like I was talking about last weekend, the first 28 minutes of the of, an, of the game, they play like an elite unit, and then the the final, the, the other 32, they play like the Vikings defense last year. Yeah. And uh, and it, it's like we we go on these streaks. Happened again last week against the 49ers. Touchdown, 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 all in a row. Um, again, some of that was turnover related, but still. Uh, the two under two minutes, uh, you know, the, the last two minutes of the first half issue, giving up now 66 points, is it, in the final two minutes of games in the NFL? By far the worst in the NFL. And it's the same script every week there, too. Can't stop guys. You get the get teams in third and third and long situations. Can't get off the field. Some defensive back makes a dumbass pass interference penalty that where they panic and give up a big play and then you know in the end zone it goes uh i just it uh, i don't know i'm sure he's trying but it feels like the mike zimmer magic uh, the, the his ability to scheme and come up with solutions to problems that we saw he was able to do in 2015 2016 2017 even 2018 at times uh that has really disappeared the past two seasons, and um, there's no sign that it's getting any better. In fact, this defense is getting worse as the season goes goes along. Uh, uh, I, I, I think a lot that, of that is due to injuries. Defense was relatively healthy in those years. But as Mike said at the beginning of the season, he thought this defense would be very good with four key players, right? Patrick Peterson being one of them. Uh, Barr being one of them, Pierce and Hunter being the other two. And not a single game this season have all four of those guys been on the field together. The Not even the first game? Nope. From what I gather, not a Barr wasn't on there. Remember, I think he was. Well, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He missed the first four games. So, yeah. And, uh, uh, hey, Raymond, skull. Um, I just, uh, yeah. And I, it's, the, it's, I get what he's saying, but. Um, he's, I mean, and there's some sympathy when you're trying to put together a team and the team can't stay healthy. Um, you look for what are the reasons they can't stay healthy. 
Is it the person? Is it the training? Um, the athletic training, the strength coach type stuff. Um, what is it? Is just bad luck? Uh, a lot of it, I think, falls back onto the physical training, off-season, during-the-season stuff. But it's a shame. But you got to be able to overcome it. And Mike Zimmer does his best to overcome it, but you only have so, such limited supply of quality players because he said we were top – he admitted they were top-heavy on the defense. If any of those starter guys go out, they were hurting. And sure as shit, you know, they were hurting. It's ex- tells them excuses are like farts. My old broadcasting buddy always said, it doesn't matter. Everybody can get injured. You still need to win. I said, what about the quarterback? He goes, no, the quarterback, the quarterback gets injured. That's an excuse. And I'm like, What? That's not, uh, that's sort of being hypocritical. Um, it does matter, right? Most position players, you play as a team, there's, you know, 11 guys on a side. It takes a bigger chunk to go out to make a bigger difference than it would, say, a quarterback. You know, take the quarterback out. That's a guy that touches the ball all the time on the offense. That makes a big difference, right? But it is such you need to be able to assemble a team that can cover for some of those losses because like every team in the NFL, you're going to come up with injuries during the season and it's how you deal with them that works best. And do you have enough quality backups to replace it? We have had in some spots the defensive line. Armand Watts has stand, stood up. Lynch has stood up. Um, one of them isn't nowhere as good as Daniil Hunter, but there's maybe two players in the NFL that are as good as Danielle Hunter. Um, linebackers, we wish we had better depth there. Uh, corners, we definitely wish we had better depth there. Wish we had better corners. Um, <laughs> well, that, that's part of the issue, right? They, 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 uh, Peterson hasn't been any any old hell when he's played, and Bashad Breland's been up and down, mostly down. Right, and, the, and Mac, Mac has Alexander. Been, eh. These are all guys that that we brought in. Mac, Mac Alexander is actually, you know, yeah, like you said, he's been eh in the past few weeks. He's been like a lot less than eh. He's been they've yeah. been picking on him. Those guys aren't playing very well. And uh, meanwhile, guys but they're like playing like million dollars veteran quarterbacks. Um, and meanwhile, a guy like Cam Danster gets uh, doesn't get suited up in the first game for whatever reason, and he's our best best corner, and he doesn't even play on too much weight uh, in the wrong spots. But uh, I, it's so just, it's frustrating. It, now the offense is staying relatively healthy the entire season. Uh, Cook is the big first major injury that we've had, and uh, they've stayed relatively healthy, and it's. You would hope that whatever happens on the defense, it's made up for on the offense, and that this team can go out and score 40 points every weekend. That has not been the case, and part of that is Zimmer and his philosophy. And It is what it is. But will they go out tomorrow and score 40 points? That's my question to you. Yeah, no, I don't think they will. I did the the defense is costing 
if the Vikings don't make the playoffs, it's going to be the defense that is, I think, is going to be the reason why that they don't make the playoffs because the offense is, is trending in the right direction. They've had a, a change in philosophy the past three games, which we hope they continue and pushing the ball down the field more, being more aggressive. Even last week, it didn't work completely, but again, they still tried to get the ball to Justin Jefferson. They, he was targeted nine times. Uh, they only completed four of them. They got a, a pass interference on a fifth one, but they were still trying to get the ball to him. Um, the week before, they, they targeted him 10 times, and they completed eight. Uh, so the offense is going in the right direction. The defense is going in the opposite direction. Are injuries part of it? Sure. Now we're getting a couple of guys back. So let's see if that makes any there, impact pos- positively in how the defense plays. Uh, we'll, we'll get a good look at that tomorrow. I don't know how much can how many conclusions you can draw from it because we are playing the Lions and their offense is not very good. But if the Lions go out there and score 20 plus points against us, uh, can run the ball effectively, I think uh, you you've got to really wonder if this defense is going to turn it around at all. Even if Jesus Christ is put back there and a middle linebacker or a defensive end for for uh you know a hunter it's uh uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know i'm hoping that a guy like willicus uh can uh inject a bit of life into this defense and that he has the kind of impact he had in the in the ravens game i don't understand why uh i'm, I'm, I'm hoping last week i'm hoping last week he didn't yeah i'm mm-hmm. hoping last week they didn't play him because again he was still feeling the effects of covid and he wasn't hundred uh, percent because we, you know, we they they took they played Deshaun Bauer, <laughs> who wasn't on the who hadn't been on the team for three years, and they immediately put him in as a starter. Um, anyway, I, I don't know, I don't understand the personnel stuff sometimes on this team. It's uh, it's it's mind boggling, and it's one of the faults. Wayne, um, yes, he's the head coach; he's not the water boy, but it takes a whole team effort to do this. <sighs> And I agree. He needs, I think, the whole thing needs blown up after this season, unless they win the Super Bowl. So, ah, there's no excuse. Excuses. We should beat Detroit, Pittsburgh, and Chicago twice. That is correct, GMAC. And we do that. We should slide into the number seven seed. Most likely. (laughs) All right. We are at the end of the show. And the one thing I want to get from you, what is your prediction for this game? David, I couldn't wait for you to ask me this question. Um, when we played the Chargers, I had uh, the Vikings weren't were coming or going in three and five. Right. They uh, weren't looking. You know, the sky was falling. Everything was terrible. Uh, fire everybody, get rid of the whole team. I had a hunch that they would beat the Chargers, and they did. And I haven't picked the, the Vikings a lot uh, this season, um, as people who watch this show regularly know. <laughs> uh, um, I've got a hunch tomorrow, and the hunch is not one I want to have. Uh-huh. I am calling it now that the Lions are going to get their first win of the season against the Vikings mm-hmm. tomorrow. And here is why. Uh, if you look, uh, part of it is, uh, again, talent-wise, there's no comparison between these two teams, even with Dalvin Cook out. Uh, and uh, the Vikings are a much better team talent-wise. And when they've played good football this, this season, which hasn't been that often, 
they would beat a team like Detroit by 20 points uh, normally. But they don't always play good football, and they have a habit of playing down to the opposition that they play. They play good teams, they play pretty solidly most of the time. They play bad teams, not so much. And I feel that that's going to happen tomorrow, as it has happened all season. I feel that the, the Detroit is going to be able to run the ball effectively. And I, if you look at Detroit, you don't want to be, especially Dan Campbell, but Detroit's already had a winless season. We all remember that. They don't want to be the first team in NFL NFL history to have another winless season, two winless seasons. Uh, So they're looking, and if you look at their schedule, there are some winnable games there for them. They got uh, Denver on the road. That's Denver's been kind of iffy this year. Uh, They're not going to beat the Cardinals at home. They're not going to beat that team from Wisconsin at home. But then they played the Falcons and the Seahawks. But the first winnable game for them, if I'm the Lions, is the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. You lost to them. You lost to them narrowly on the road. And this Lions team is untalented overall from top to bottom as it is. Uh, they continue to play hard for Dan Campbell. They are not quitting on him. And they've had some close games this the past three weeks, and they have not won them. But I've just got a bad feeling that they're going to stick in late. The Vikings are going to make a couple of dumb mistakes, possibly a turnover again at an inopportune time, and we're going to lose this one by three, one point or three points, and then only to follow it up four days later by beating the Steelers, and then everybody will be like, we still got a chance to make the playoffs, folks. We still got a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, so that's my prediction, uh, I'm, and uh, I've got What's it. What's your uh, score? 21-19. 21-19 for the 21-20 for the, the Lions. And for those that missed it this week, I said there's no way in hell that's happening. Uh, Kirk Cousins is going to go in there and demolish it. It's going to be a 31-20 Vikings victory. Oh, man, I hope so. Now, it'd, um, be, it'd be great. It wouldn't be great if in the last 10 after last week's physical knock-it-out drag a game, we had lots of injuries for the Vikings. It'd be great for them on a short week to rest the starters for the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. It would be. Yeah, it would be. It'd be nice if uh, Kellen Mond was even activated this game and could come in late. Because nobody wants to see Sean Mannion. No, nobody wants that. We are in the holiday season. Not even his mother. No. <laughs> we are in the holiday season. And David Rinaldi talked about Santa Claus. Well, David, as most people know, I am an artist, a visual visual artist, as example behind me. Um, that's my stuff. Yesterday, I spent beautiful stuff back there. A whole day working on uh, a cubism piece uh, to put out for the season. And I want to show you guys, before we sign off, what it looks like. So here it comes. Boom. Looks like me. Feels like me. Big-ass stogie. A nice whiskey. Two to three fingers worth. And uh, to send off your season. Hope you all enjoy it. There's Santa chillin'. And she back, nice. no, I do not have a website for my stuff. I wish I did. Never got around to building it, sort of afraid to. Uh, but if you want to contact me, 
shoot me a PM on, uh, or try to shoot me, tell me to go shoot me a PM on Twitter or over on Facebook, and I will get back with you. With that, any last words there, Darren? Thanks, Raymond. No, sir, David. I uh, my last words were uh, given on the my game prediction. I I uh, think the Vikings blow anybody, it tomorrow. I think the Vikings blow it tomorrow, but I'm more than happy to uh, to see it go the other way and go more the way that you're predicting because uh, it'd be nice to get that win on a short week and, and get ready for Pittsburgh. Get ready for Pittsburgh. not been trending very, very well either. And, uh, you know, start stacking up two or three wins in a row here. Okay. Uh, G-Mac, I'll hit you up in the remarks after the show on YouTube. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, even with a win, I still leave Zimmer in Detroit. Yes, Wayne, we know how you feel. You aren't the only one that feels that way. Anyways, the rest of you, Stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy your beverages by all means, good food, good friends, and Skull Vikings! Dave, one last thing before we go. So What's with that? maybe You're lucky for, for all those loyal, loyal, loyal watchers out there, uh, of course the Vikings play on Thursday, uh, yes. so uh, there'd be no need for a preview show by us on Saturday. We won't be going on Saturday, <laughs> I'm assuming, or... No, we are not going on Saturday, and if I have my way, we're going to do a combo show on Wednesday, if you're up for it. Yeah. Okay, everybody, have a great weekend. Go Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite activity. Skull, everybody!